the gods of mischief may not exist in real life, but I promise you, we are the closest you will get. Welcome to Infinity Rewatch. My name is Andrew Fantasia. What's up, everybody? My name is Ryan J. Whitehead, and uh, you know what? We're demigods of mischief. That's what we. <laughs> that makes us sound even cooler. Like, right? <laughs> if we just say gods, it feels like we're high on ourselves. Like we're just we're just bragging too much. It's too much of a flex. But demigods feels like we're just like, hey, you want to mess we're with being, us? We're being modest, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but definitely speaking of mischief, we got a lot of content drop from Marvel. I mean, you know, we got. We got a new uh, Echo trailer, uh, you know, Loki. Uh, we we missed uh, our podcast for episode four, so it's going to be four and five put together. And then on top of that, we got the Marvels coming out next week. We're just going to just feel in the hits left, right, and center. Marvel is going to place us over their knee and smack our bottoms, but in yes. a good way for the next <laughs> few months. And we missed it because of me. It's my fault. I was in a show all last week which uh, Ryan and Isabella were kind enough to come watch. You guys came and watched me sing and dance and be a bald Renaissance man for a day. It was great. Uh, it was great seeing you as Renaissance man. I, I I feel like you really did the research when it came to the shoe polishing and the and the teeth picking. <laughs> that, that that's that's not something you you naturally have, but you you did it, man. You you made us believe it. That's how they did it back then. They just put their feet up on a big wooden box and went yeah. down. <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't even know if I told you when I saw you after the show, but do you know who else came to see the show on the first day? Who? Alexei Dolgansky. No way. Yeah. Oh my God. Our buddy from college and his lovely new wife who I've never met until that day. What? Yeah. Oh, well, good for Alexei. That man, that man is a, uh, he is just so full of culture. That man, like, he just he presents himself as just like you know just an average Joe, but when you get to talking to him, when you get to talking to him, the depth that that man has, like oh my god, like I can't even begin to tell you. He's so he's just so, he's so quiet, but yet so knowledgeable. And he's and he like one day I'll never forget this. We were sitting together, and he's just like, "Do you want to see a magic trick, man?" Like you just wouldn't expect him to know it, but he does. <laughs> he knows like this magic trick, and it was really good, and I was mind blown by it. Wonderful. He is every wise mentor from pop culture rolled into one human being. And he yeah. was like that in college. So imagine when he becomes a legit old man. Like oh, he's yeah. just he's gonna be Uncle Iroh and Yoda and Merlin rolled into one person. That's exactly it. That actually captures, <laughs> captures them really well. Like another thing too is like he'll sit at the piano and you're like, and you're just sitting yeah. sitting to yourself like, oh man, I wonder what he's gonna do. And he just plays this beautiful like Beethoven, like as if he's been <laughs> doing it all his life. It's so good. He's he's such a you're right. He is the mentor figure in every story. Like your Merlins, your your Gandalfs, your Obi Wan Kenobi's, like just Uncle Iroh, uh, is all rolled into one. That's 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 so accurate. Uh, I can't wait till he's an old man. I'm just gonna go and follow him around and ask him for advice. <laughs> He'll probably tell me we have to destroy the ring or something. <laughs> but it was an honor to support you for your show, man. It was a wonderful. It was Thank a you. wonderful show. Definitely, you didn't sell it as well. <laughs> Like, we were not expecting what we got and it was amazing every step of the way yeah i love surprising the audience in a good way beautiful yeah, he's like, surprising this guy, this guy's like my, my my part is so small it's it's not and he's like he's literally the second half like he drives the story of the second half of the play so. <laughs> it's uh, true i gave them all their money to do their show so <laughs> uh, but speaking of surprising your audience 
Guess who did that? A guy by the name of Kevin. Because Kevin's like, hey, you know that Echo show we haven't talked about in like 20 years? Here's the trailer. (laughs) And man, what a trailer. What a trailer. At first, it was funny too because it was so quiet. I'm like, oh man, I was like having a hard time hearing this. And I like, oh, and then all of a sudden it gets loud, it gets loud, and uh, oh man. And our boy, it this trailer doesn't even hold back. It's like not even like, oh, this is Echo Story. It's like, no, let's drop in Kingpin like right out of the gate and just like laying down a beating on a poor hot dog vendor. <laughs> like, well, that hot dog vendor was being a jerk, yeah. so he had it coming, but man. Every time I see Kingpin, my boy Vinny D, every time, it's just like, I'm so happy and so grateful. And at the same time, there's an extra tentacle coming out of my back like Doc Ock, reaching through the screen saying, please fight Spider-Man. Please fight Spider-Man. Like, just get those two in a room together. But we're getting closer. We're getting closer to that being a thing. Uh, And I'm so glad he's going to be a big part of this show i wouldn't be surprised if they do some cool stuff with the audio on the show though i mean in the trailer they did it really well uh i mean buffy had that great episode that everyone loves where it's all quiet the whole time because can speak right so i wonder if they'll do something like that have like a big episode of the show where just nobody speaks i have not gotten that far in buffy right now i'm on season three of my rewatch of buffy and uh, and i'll tell you season three is not off to a good start it's quite all over the place. Don't worry, buddy. You're in good hands. Yeah. That's one of the best seasons. That's the mayor. That's the one with the mayor, right? Yes, that's correct. The mayor's amazing. Well, I, I will tell you, though, the first half is really bizarrely written. and But I think they finally got back into it because they brought back the, the Wishmaster woman again. And then the Evil Willow comes out. But anyway... That's the story another for another time, but it's 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 starting to get better now after a weird a weird story arc in the beginning with uh, with Zach and Willow trying to hook up again, and it just seems so forced and oddly written. But like, but now it's all resolved and everything's going the way it should. Well, that's good. I don't remember this Zach guy, but I'm sure he didn't stick around much longer. No, Zach. He's the the best friend, right? Did I not get his name right? Xander. Xander. Oh, Xander. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Xander, Xander's all over the place romantically on that show. Yeah, they, but it feels like in like the second season they really nailed his character. Third season though is just weird. I don't know how <laughs> to describe it. They did. I, I feel like whoever they had as their original showrunner as a writer, that person left, uh, and they are. And then this new writer is just all over the place. But anyway, that's but that's not the point. The point is, let's talk about this Echo trailer for a minute. So. First of all, this story is based on a famous comic that actually involves Daredevil, which is a really interesting premise, right? Um, just like the, just Echo uh, with her, uh, with her, um, with her uh, uh, being deaf, and then we have uh, Daredevil who's blind, right? So this whole mm-hmm. this whole angle of them battling is actually quite interesting, um, and it's a qu- pretty interesting story. So it's based on uh, also the comic where she shoots Kingpin. And what what you think he's dead, but then like literally like a few pages later, it you realize the bullet ricochets and it like it like just like nicks his eye, but he's not. It's like his eye is still there, is fine, but like it it just like missed him. So, uh, but but Big Will is back uh, and back and better than ever. I uh, got a little eye patch on him, and but I, like this is also Marvel's first uh, eighteen rated show. 
Pittsburgh, like I, what I'm imagining is gratuitous violence, like gratuitous violence and full frontal kingpin nudity. Yeah, the, <laughs> full frontal white suit nudity. <laughs> He's only wearing the jacket and nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> but but it's uh, there's a lot there. There is some blink and you miss it moments. Uh, that being uh, Daredevil is in the trailer. Yeah, you, you mentioned when I texted you, you said you caught it, and I never went back and paused it, but uh, I don't know if you could tell, what color suit is he wearing? Is he in yellow? It, it looks like he's wearing the red, but because the way the lighting is, um, the lighting looks like it's a darker room, so it, it, he could mm. still be wearing his mustard, uh, his mustard colored outfit. But I don't know. I don't know how long that outfit's going to last because Daredevil did say in She-Hulk that he had a few costumes. So, yeah. um, and because she made fun of him for his his choice uh i feel like they could easily just fix it and i think he could be wearing his classic red uh outfit which would be awesome um but what i'd like to see is is the fact that yes we're we're going that direction we're getting the tone we need for a show like uh echo and and having kingpin and daredevil especially kingpin because like you know i think when you look at daredevil the show uh especially the netflix series like it just stands out in terms of tone flow feel Still, still being related to the MCU, it still fits. You can easily fit it if you wanted to. Um, but in this sense, they're they're still sticking with that that grit, grittier tone, uh, which really works because that's the kingpin we need. Like yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio is the the kingpin we need. You oh, could not have they, they could not have casted anyone better for that. No, and I'm glad they're not throwing him back in that black suit he wore in the first season of Daredevil. Like keep him in the white. Yeah, the, the white is right. Just don't don't mess with it. Don't mess with a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, but it's true. You don't mess with you don't mess with that traditional suit, the purple ascot. I love how they even kind of make fun of him a little bit, but he, in the end, he still kind of adapts the outfit we know him for, especially with the cane too. Um, so yeah, I mean, this this show is going to be really interesting. And what's interesting about it too is we're going back to street level, so we're going back to our street level heroes. Will Luke Cage be there? Will you know? Will uh, will we see Jessica Jones? Right, especially yeah. Jessica Jones. She's a bit more of a character that can fit in a lot of narratives because of because of her line of work. But um, but yeah, like, are we going to start seeing those heroes kind of make an appearance a little bit, or is it still going to be confined to you know Echo Echo's story, but have more Daredevil in there, maybe build up Daredevil a little bit. I feel like um, this is going to be primarily an Echo story based on a lot of what we saw, like, and I read the um, synopsis too, they, they go to Oklahoma where her, her family is from, like her, her tribe, her original family. So she goes and hangs out with them there. And I think most of the action is going to happen there. So I feel like the Daredevil stuff is going to be kind of along the same vein as She-Hulk. Like, is this going to be a tease to, to set things up for him? Um, but we're going to focus on her and hopefully Big Willie and have, have the two of them doing all kinds mm. of crazy stuff. Well, but, you could focus on Big Willie because... I think we, we cut out on you there for a minute there, buddy. Can you hear me? Okay. Let's try a test uh, to make sure that our lag is off. I'm going to go... I'm going to say in West Philadelphia, and as soon as you hear that, you're going to say born and raised. Ready? <laughs> yes. In West Philadelphia. Born and raised. Okay. There's about two seconds of lag, but it's way better than it was a few minutes ago. Yeah, maybe, um, I don't know. So maybe it's just their servers are having issues or something. Maybe. 
Maybe internet's being weird. But anyways, I was saying during a Hawkeye press tour is that they confirmed that Kingpin was trying to rebuild his empire after the big snap. That was that was kind of where they left off. So Echo could be a good opportunity to kind of get get behind their story of how he rebuilt his empire, especially with with Echo and the and the uh, what do you call it? Echo and the uh, the, the sweat sweatsuit gang. Oh, sweats tracksuit mafia. Tracksuit mafia. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And like, that's a good point. When we meet him in Hawkeye, Hawkeye already knows who this guy is. He's already notorious. It's already like, oh man. So he, there's no origin story for him in the MCU. So maybe this will talk about, you know, that rebuilding process of, oh, the, the snap is over and now I have the, so the, the kingpin of it all. And I have to tame my expectations because this is Echo's show, right? I can't, this is Echo's show and I need to be excited for her, but it, it's just hard when, when my boy is right there front and center, but um, I was so happy to see him in that trailer. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, well, there's a lot of players that can still fix this. Cause we know, we know we left Hawkeye with Kate, Kate Bishop's mom saying that she's done um, uh, supporting Kingpin and helping him rebuild his empire. So now we need the Echo side of the angle. Why is Echo's family so important about him rebuilding his empire? Was she that was she that weapon that could just take on enemies for him that just you know made his life a lot easier? Who knows? But you're right. Let's keep our expectations tempered here because again, we don't want to get too carried away. Um, but uh, but at the same time, there's there's definitely a great story there, and I cannot wait. And another interesting thing is is they're releasing all the episodes this time. It's not going to be a weekly. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how logistically we're going to do that, but <laughs> yeah, that is going to be crazy. Um, I don't know how many there are, if it's six like normal, um, but that's, that's going to be different. We're going to have to figure that out. Um, mm. But yeah, exciting. Very exciting. That's coming in January, early January. In fact, I think like mm. the 10th. So yeah. it's not that far off at all. This was a year. 2023 was a year where we had, a good amount of projects. I think we have, you know, three movies and three shows is a, is a great amount of stuff for one year. Um, Definitely to like, oh, like have them consecutively. Like after you finish a movie, uh, there's like a three, three weekish period. And then you have a show that carries you at least through another month. Then mm -hmm. it's like a, a little brief period there. Then there's, there's a movie. It's a nice, it's a really nice pace. There's a lot of room to breathe, which is good. It is. They hit their stride here. It's not like, I think, two years back where there was like 20 things and that got nuts, right? Where there was just a lot happening in, in one calendar year. Mm -hmm. So this year, I think, has been a good standard to set. And I hope 2024 looks the same. I think three movies, three shows, go for it. Do what yeah, you got absolutely. To. Pace it out. Pace it yeah. out. So that's the Echo trailer. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk more about that if we get more footage and more news and whatnot. But we have two episodes of Loki to cover, Mr. Right. Ryan. And man, this show is so cool. <laughs> that, that cliffhanger at the end of episode four, apparently everybody who saw press screenings of the show only got those four first episodes. So they the press has been hanging on that fade to white everything is over cliffhanger for a long time yeah absolutely 
So, well, this uh, episode four was interesting because all the players were in place. You know what yeah. I mean? They were all at the TVA, every single one. And and this includes Mr. Victor Timely. And that's the, that's the real critical part of the story, which is interesting. Because once this character is discovered, it's like, okay, this guy's going to shape how Kang's going to form. You know what I mean? Like, he's such a crucial element. And so what what was weird to me about this episode, and I don't mean weird in an awkward way, I mean weird as in there's something more going on here, is that it seemed like he wanted to be there, like as if he was supposed to be there. He was act he was acting like something like he wanted to be in certain places and he wanted to um he yeah, he wanted to kind of let things play out a certain way, but like because like he seemed oddly calm but uh, i don't know it's just there there was something there and that's that i don't know if that's like really carefully planned depending on how things go but like there's definitely there's victor timely was acting very bizarre not like bizarre than the usual <laughs> i would say yeah maybe we can i don't know if that's something that we would chalk up to just jonathan majors and how eccentric he has made this dude mm. um because I am unsettled every time he's on screen just because I know what kind of threat Kang is going to be at the end of the day. So it's hard for me to trust Victor, even though Victor seems like a nice dude, right? It's hard for me to look at him because I know it. Ooh, some, there's, there's a movie called The Kang Dynasty coming. This isn't good, right? Uh, the movie's not called The Avengers. Kang is everybody's friend. So, <laughs> um, it, I, I agree. Like I'm, I'm unsettled by his presence. And I feel like even just his presence at the TVA in and of itself creates a paradox because of Ouroboros. Because, uh, you know, he read the book that Ouroboros wrote and that shaped his life. But Ouroboros never would have wrote, written the book if Victor hadn't given it to him after. So we've got a time paradox on our hands. And... Throughout that whole episode, I was thinking, like, do one of these guys have to die? Like, they have to can't because otherwise they cancel each other out. Uh, and I'm no quantum physicist, Ryan, yet, but I feel like you need to break that never-ending circle in order for time to heal. Question mark. Dot dot dot. Uh, well, I mean, when did you become an expert in quantum mechanics? <laughs> you know and that's the part where you said last night uh but like <laughs> last night but it's truth actually there is something interesting. i don't know if i mentioned this on the show yet but i went back to watch some scenes of quantum mania just to get a feel for like what's going on in the kang world here and just kind of kind of figure it out um and what's interesting is Although the end credit sequence you see uh Ramatut and all that they say scarlet centurion uh, and Amortis being like, hey, uh, you know, he's dead, right? And they say he's dead. Uh, and they also say, oh, you know, like they were kind of like, they're kind of like he was the most, like he was the not the best, but he was one of the best of them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, I'm surprised, you know, they got him, right? Like I want to do it, right? But what's interesting is is in the, in, when, in the early scenes with Kang uh, and Janet, uh, Janet go. Janet sees the vision of him being the conqueror, and this is what I find is interesting. I noticed that in Loki, he never refers to himself as Kang. He refers to himself as He Who Remains. 
right? Before he, he got executed. Right. In Quantumania, she goes, who's Kang? And he goes, who I'm supposed to be. Or, or yeah, something like who I want to be. Or no, yeah, who I, who I need to be. That's what he says. He doesn't say he is Kang the Conqueror. He says he needs to be the Conqueror. And so this is what I find that's interesting is the labels of the character are not straightforward. Um, even Victor Timely is not Kang the Conqueror. He is Victor Timely. So I don't know if so, like I don't know if Kang is so incredibly like genius that he has planted so many seeds for someone to end up becoming him. You know what I mean? Like, ah. that's the thing. Like, I think like he's, if like, cause that's the thing. If you're truly a conqueror, you're, you're not someone who just kicks down the door. You're someone who, you know, is always four steps ahead of everybody. And if this guy's the master of time, then clearly all you need to do is just make sure things play the right way. Right. And like know people that well, because then you truly become a conqueror. So that's what I find is very interesting. And then why Victor Timely is acting so weird on this on this particular episode. Now, I know when we get to the end, we'll talk about that a little bit. But but there's definitely like there were some bizarre scenes in this. And Obi seems to be very obsessed with him as a fan, like just like, oh, I love your work. You inspire me, blah, blah, blah. And he has the same thing. And they did talk about the snake biting the tail, which is Ouroboros. Like that's Ouroboros even mentioned his kind of his play on his own name. Yeah. And that's, it's supposed to be the whole reference of the beginning is the end, but the end is the beginning. So thus the, the circle. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I kind of feel like what's interesting here is there's a couple of repeated patterns that are playing out in sort of beats. And that is, is that you got Loki who is trying to reestablish the TVA, but not have people have a script. Everyone should be able to be allowed to live the way they want to live. So he needs to fix the thing so everyone can live the way they want to live and he can find his own little nice slice of control and paradise. But what's interesting is, is that he was so disgusted with Sylvie, uh, or well, him and Sylvie were so disgusted by the idea that everything was scripted. Everything was scripted. But now the con if you were a conqueror and you were beaten by Ant-Man in a sense, then the clever thing here is you'd obviously have a backup plan that the, the things need to play out a certain way. He maybe he knew he wasn't gonna get out of that like the quantum, the quantum realm that he was stuck in. So he needed certain events to play out. Like he needed Janet to eventually convince like or he knew like Janet getting out would convince them to bring them in and then something to happen for him to get out kind of thing right so i don't know i feel like there is a lot going on here that i'm not and i'm not saying that there's like i'm not saying this is my definitive you know approach on the whole thing but i feel like i feel like there is something to this i feel like there is there is something kind of messing with everybody and it's all it's creating chaos so that the chaos eventually everything falls into place kind of thing. You know, like uh, I was trying to explain this to Isabella. It's always like when you see your future and then you try to do everything to avoid a certain outcome, but in the end, by you avoiding it, you're still building the outcome. Yeah. This whole self-fulfilling prophecy thing. Yeah. Um, and the seed planting of it all 
it rings true to what we've seen here. I don't want to jump around too much, but we kind of have to to, to make sense of all this because as far as I can tell, at the very close to the end of episode four, we have that moment where uh, Sylvie is in the elevator and Loki appears, but then Loki also appears again behind him. And we haven't, as far as I know, answered that question yet as to why there's two Loki standing in that hallway. So in the same vein that you're talking about where Kang would plant a lot of seeds that seem utterly confusing to us mere mortals, but in the end it justifies it because it leads to him becoming the conqueror. That might be exactly what the writers are doing here and, and planting all of these crazy time travel seeds. I've tried to write time travel myself. It ain't easy. It's fun, but it ain't easy. And they are, they're putting all these pieces in place for the greater good of the story and that when it all comes together, it will make sense to us. But right now we're like, why is Loki there and also there? Why is King the Conqueror there, but also here? And who is remaining and why, right? So they're throwing us into this chaotic smorgasbord, but I feel like we are, we're getting to where we need to get and they're they're playing a long game like Kane because we still don't know why there were two Lokis there. Well, because here's here's the thing. Yeah, uh, here's the thing, my brother. So because here's what's going on. So we learned from Infinity, the Infinity saga, that once we got into Loki, uh, which was the big game changer, uh, when we got into Loki, the first episodes they established that the Infinity Stones mean nothing. They're they're literally nothing but paperweights. That's what Casey said. So uh, then, not only that, we also learned in the Infinity Saga that, you know, what you do in the past does not affect your future, right? It affects that version's future, right? The kind of theory that, you know, that there are alternative timelines, right? And what's interesting in this one is Loki is legit time slipping, and he is creating time loops that affect the same timeline. So already two rules that were created over an affinity saga were now broken in one season of Loki or two seasons of Loki. Yeah. And the more rules they break, the more chaos they're going to create. Right. So I don't envy the people charting this path in this story <laughs> room. I tell you that I do envy them, but I don't envy them. Yeah. Uh, and, I'm thinking of moments because you said about how Victor has been making you uneasy. And there was a moment that I remembered afterwards. And I, I think this might be one of the things you're talking about when he makes the hot chocolate for the guard. I felt like all my alarms were going off in my head. I was like, don't drink that. Don't drink that. He did something to it. Something's wrong. Did you feel the same way? Absolutely. That was actually, if someone were to ask me what, like, you know, what specific scene really made you think that way. That's the scene. He seemed oddly, oddly compelled to go check out this like cocoa machine or whatever. And even yeah. Mobius was weird about it. He's like, like normally I thought, see, I thought the scene was going to play out that he was just genuinely interested in this cocoa machine because he's never seen one, which is weird because he's an inventor. Um, but, but the idea that like still he wanted to go see it so badly, but even Mobius was like, it's not the problem right now. Like the problem right now is this the, the i can't even, the loom the time loom yeah and uh and 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 he's like still wanted to be there but what's weird about it is the end 
is like if he wanted to be there for the cocoa machine and clearly something happened to the guy um then why did he go to the time door and like go into the go try to fix the loom yeah so was that just our suspicion playing tricks on us because i mean the people making the show they know that we know who this character is so our initial instinct is not to trust him and they know that so maybe they're just playing with our fears right keeping us on edge but that was an odd scene and it did make me pause and go i don't know don't drink that hot chocolate plus vending machine hot chocolate it's hard enough to have good hot chocolate when you make it like for real in the kitchen (laughs) um I love the Back to the Future reference when uh, OP makes the model and he apologizes for not painting it or making it to scale. That, <laughs> this is one of the greatest little Back to the Future jokes. Yeah. It, just, it keeps on getting laughs decades later. Uh, and I, one of my notes here, and I'm sure you agree, keeping all the TVA prisoners in one room seems like a bad idea. <laughs> it turned out to be a bad idea. It turned out to be a really bad idea, um, especially no keeping a leader too. Yeah, there's nothing. It's just a big room. They're not shackled in any way. I feel like they could rush the door as soon as you walk in and walk, whoa, okay. Like you've got a mutiny on your hands. And sure enough, all it took was Brad. Friggin' Brad. Friggin' Brad. He wants to be in Zaniac so badly. (laughs) Brad's an interesting character, though. I do like him. Um, He definitely is a good survivor type character. Like he seems to seems to know how to play the odds. Um, But yeah, that uh, I. But I'm also curious too. Is is what's what's I guess Ravana. Sorry, Ravana. She's. um, It seems like she wants to obviously reinstate the TVA. It seems to be honest. It does seem like it's a battle for the throne. It's there's three player that there's a third player that. That's kind of a weird, like a weird horse to bet on, right? Because like Victor Timely is that third player, but like seems like Loki has found a throne that he would be perfect for. Like a god of mischief uh, owning time would be perfect, right? So it's kind of weird that uh, that this is going on here. Um, but yeah, I don't know what to, I I just don't know how this is going to play play out in the end here, which is good. It's a good place I want to be. But I feel like there's an obvious clue that's like right in our face and we just can't see it. Well, in regards to Loki wanting to be perfect for the throne, I think it's a a testament to how far he's come as a character and just how how good his arc has been. Because in this episode, and, and there's another great example in episode five, but in this one, he has that conversation with Sylvie where he ends the conversation by telling her we're gods. And it, it took me a, a minute or two to kind of wrap my head around that line, because that is a very Loki thing to say. To be like, we're gods, we're better than you. We, we are burdened with glorious purpose. But yeah. that, that is, that's so Loki. Um, but the inflection in which he says it and knowing what we know about Loki now and what he's trying to accomplish, that now takes on a new meaning, right? It takes on the meaning of he is recognizing that with great power comes great responsibility. He's not saying we're gods, so we can do whatever we want. He's saying we're gods, so we have a responsibility to fix this godlike, horrible situation we found ourselves in. And I thought that was such a great way to get Loki to own up to that 
without getting too saccharine because that's not his style, but just saying something he would normally say as evil Loki, but suddenly it takes on new meaning. I thought that was brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, no, there's, but still it's, I Loki too does seem like it's interesting. I have read a few articles that are saying that like, this could be a return to form for Loki because he seems, he seems like to be no longer the villain that people love him in the comics. You know what I mean? Or like someone who's like this diabolical mischievous person. Um, but there definitely seems to be a motivation to, for him to kind of return back to a God of mischief. Um, so yeah, but still there's, there's just something, there's a piece of this big piece of this puzzle here. That's not quite fitting the place yet. Yeah. And who knows if it'll even fit into place mm-hmm. by this time next week. True. Yeah. And especially too, cause uh, it's six episodes. This is not. Like, yeah. It's just six. So so I don't know. With this director, though, definitely has he has kept the audience. That is for sure. There's no yeah. filler episode. There's no rest. It's kind of yeah. like there's a constant investigative rhythm to this episode, this, this series, and it's really good. I have to. I honestly do have to give this director props. They they did a good job of of keeping you invested in the characters and still giving you something to chase after without it feeling like it's a decoy or it's it's this or it's that or misleading you in any way it's it's designed to make you keep moving forward with more questions which is perfect that's the way that's the position you want to be in you don't want to be lost you want to understand what the what's at stake here and what's at stake the constant reminder is this loom is like literally tva is going to collapse and uh and timelines are going to collapse like that's the whole thing right so that's what's really interesting about it and and yeah so like the director has done a good job so episode six could just be you know and i know i've said this before on the show with a few a few of other series but this is this this show in particular doesn't seem to let its foot off the gas so when we get to the sixth and final episode next week it's going to be like a it's going to hit you constantly like hit after hit after hit of of answers or or at least clarity on where the show is going um the other thing i thought that was interesting on episode four which was a major event was um uh miss minutes miss minutes is sadistic as f yeah the torture i mean that look on her face man when that and again leave it to marvel to take a character that is a 1920s style cartoon clock that's floating in the air and make her terrifying right like who else who else is willing and able to do that Uh, they they really they really nailed it on the head with that character um and that character still holds a lot of answers that we don't know Uh, aside from uh ravona being revealed as a general a high-ranking general that was going to lead uh, lead with he who remains to, or what seems to be he who remains, uh, a variant, uh, Kang variant. Let's just leave it labeled as that because we can't really say it's he who remains. Um, but a Kang variant and leading to the whole, like we could lead together and then just making her forget and betraying her kind of thing. So th- there's a lot of weird players. There's a lot of weird moves at play here, I think is probably the best way to phrase it. Do you still buy into the idea that you said, I think last week, where 
Miss Minutes could end up um, inhabiting uh, a fake Ravona Renslayer body. I still believe that she's a uh, Ravona variant. I think she is. I think mm. she's constructed to be because if if time kind of plays in this linear sense of like I wouldn't say linear. That's a terrible way of saying it. But if time plays the way it does, that like certain people are you know destined to be together, kind of thing, then one variant probably loved her enough and lost her that that created like maybe Kang the Conqueror, the the one we technically could have yet to see, or the Kang we saw, um, maybe loved loved and lost her, and in order to protect his position as well as of you know him as well as him finding a version or creating a version of her to you know just in case what something goes wrong that he can you know be resurrected kind of thing makes sense to me that you you would create miss minutes in your uh in your love's interest you know right like it, like the way you way you saw how you loved her so I don't know if she's going to be inhabiting a body, but I think she's going to do what Kang is. I, I honestly think she's trying to do what Kang's trying to do, which is, uh, you know, like essentially she wanted to create a certain Kang, but obviously her programming is odd because like she wanted to be loved by Kang uh, and rule side by side with him as opposed to Ravona. Uh, so, right. so I find it weird there. And then when she didn't get it, she realized that she had to get Ravona on her side and get her to leading. So there's there seems to be some sort of shaping of the throne that Miss Minutes was supposed to play at, and it didn't work out. And which I find which I find is really fascinating to me. That's a really interesting tidbit. And then with all of this happening, the uh, the whole mission goes awry because Victor's like, I'll go do this thing and put on the suit. And then his skin melts away. Uh, we see that happening firsthand and it's horrific. And then everything collapses and fades to white like the end of season five of Lost. And it, can you imagine if Feige was just like, that's the end of the MCU right there. <laughs> it just it cuts off. No, that would that would not work. That would not work at all. Because if you just left it at that, oh my god, the amount of fans would be so upset. That would now, be that would be the nail in the MCU coffin right there. Like any <laughs> any past attempt after that would be like, why should I even care? Uh, that would be a great uh, prank though. Like if this show aired in April or whatever, or late March, he could have been as an April Fool's joke been like, yeah, guys, that's the end of the MCU. The, they lost the the loom collapse. Um, now this whole thing that that uh, that Loki is doing this whole time travel thing I assume there are no stories in the comics like for example the infinity gauntlet hardcore comic fans knew where that was going they know he's going to get all the stones he's going to snap he's going to do his thing but this whole thing I feel like this is fresh stuff they're bringing to the table right so even you a, a, an expert haven't got really a thing to point at and be like, it's probably going in this direction, right? It's like that one time on Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes when they fought Kang, that's all the Kang that I know. Yeah. So, and it didn't have anything to do with the TVA, if I'm not mistaken, right? 
nothing to do with TVA. Um, TVA, even that concept was not till much later in the comics. And yeah, it's just like, I know there's a, there's, there's a Mobius comic event where like Mobius, you know, defends the fantastic four, but there was never one that I saw with Loki. Um, and the, the only other kind of, there was a West coast Avengers story where um, there were variants of moon Knight fighting Kang, like the variants of Kang in, in a massive war. Uh, so that was cool. But again, there's nothing I can say like, that issue is going to, you know, help build that. Like we're too. And that's the thing though, is that at this point, I, I, I would challenge any comic book fan that's like deep into comic book knowledge um, to be able to predict where Marvel's going at this point. Because personally, I don't think, I think we're so far from that, that it's like, we're so far from those formulas now that it's not gonna, I don't, I just don't see it playing towards any kind of comic book event i mean it was interesting because there was someone who was saying uh thor love and thunder was a setup for war of the gods or something like that right so I, I think that was the issue series i can't remember uh war of the realms and war uh, the realms, yeah. yeah yeah and uh i don't see it like i just i i i don't see where it's going right now and i i don't i'm not convinced it's even going that past now because it's just it's obviously it has to be aligned with Kang and secret wars. So if that's true, uh, then what we need is the beyonder. First of all, beyonder needs to play a big role. Dr. Doom needs to play a big role. Uh, and even Kang, like Kang is, I guess Kang is its own separate kind of Avengers event, but I don't know how it's going to play a role in like this whole thing. Uh, and so, yeah, there's no way to predict that this is going to be based on a comic book story. And, it's double hard because of the MCU. They have that predilection, which I actually love what, that they do this, is that they, they'll adapt these stories and these big events that people are familiar with, but they will adapt it in a way that is more MCU friendly. So Civil War is giving us Civil War and it's giving us the foundation of that and the main key players in that. But it's messing with it enough that it makes sense within the confines of the canon that they've built. I don't remember in the comic Vision and Scarlet Witch being all that uh, involved in Civil War, right? And thankfully the movie didn't try to explain why a robotic clone of Thor uh, is uh, killing Goliath. Uh, so it's they, like, they have to make these changes. So even if there was a story that we were kind of pointing at right now, it's not gonna play out the way most of the readers know it to play out. Right. Well, it, exactly. So the thing, the fact of the matter is, is that the, I think we're past a point now where the formula is, as you so illustrated, is, is that they'll take an event and then they'll, they'll change certain things leading up to said event, but certain key beats that need to play out for the event to happen are there. I don't think, I think we're way past that point now. I, I cause like, again, it's Mar MCU's too well established at this point. We're like, that's why the I would say like phase like I would say phase one and two of the Infinity Saga still had key beats that played out that were from the comics. But I think once once we got into the Infinity War and and like that latter end of the Infinity Saga, we were too like it was too well built at that point to even go back and try to recreate certain beats. Yeah, and they don't need to. They don't need to recreate stuff because they're building gold already. That's right? it. 
they're building gold already. They have they have a great world already. And what's interesting is that this commentary that they're doing through Loki season two um, on the whole idea of just like changing the timelines and and you know and I think in the end of this maybe maybe what will happen is a giant gigantic reset of of the MCU. Not not in the sense of like getting rid of what they had, but in the sense of uh focusing what they're doing you know what i mean like now being like okay yeah there's so many variants and the blah blah blah. it's like no after after this tva thing gets sorted out it's like we have this this timeline now and there are only so many branches right like yeah so like to me like i think even if you look at if you take a step back from the mcu for a minute and look at kind of other sci-fi projects and stuff like that a lot of sci-fi projects in fact are all doing the whole alternate timeline thing and in order to get out of that and get it and prevent exhaustion from it is to change it up and i think i think with loki here i think we're with kang dynasty as well i think that you know eventually it's just going to be like okay this whole alternate timeline thing yes it exists but not anymore like in terms of like it did exist but here's what's happened is is yes. you know they fixed the time loom, but it's not, nothing's the same. And now there's just, you know, going back to uh, that, the way they had it, which was like, there's the two lines and then there's like the one main timeline, the sacred timeline, if you will. Yeah. Clean up all those branches and make everything streamlined. But now there's new fun stuff like mutants mm -hmm. and surfers who are silver and things like that. Exactly. Um, and going into episode five of this show we, with, we leave, with episode four of having victor timely explode into spaghetti yes we leave off where he has exploded into spaghetti ravona renslayer has been pruned so she's effectively dead yeah and everything has collapsed in on itself so in order for any of the stuff we've been expecting to transpire a reset is needed and i'm not talking about a reset like what some dumbos online are talking about right now. We're like, Iron Man's alive now. Uh, I'm yeah. talking about <laughs> an actual reset that uh, would serve the story, which is Loki doing something within the confines of this space that we're in to undo some of the stuff that happened inside the TVA last week. Uh, and it looks like that's what's happening because now he is hopping around, Ryan, all over the place and all these other branched parts of the branch timelines. And we're getting to see everybody's lives all these, uh, all these TVA people's lives before they got brought into the TVA realm. What did you think of this? I thought this was interesting. Uh, again, I, I like it. I like it because it's it's kind of interesting to see the lives they had. Um, Mobius is by far the most bizarre. So Selling his jet skis, man. Selling them jet skis. Casey, I thought, was hilarious because they kind of pulled what they did with Loki in season one. With the the mystery the mystery of DB Cooper, and then they had the mystery of these Alcatraz prisoners, uh -huh. um, and I, I thought that was really clever. I, that was really funny to see. Um, I like Obi's character though. I think Obi's the most fascinating one. Well, I have never felt so seen by Marvel as I did when Obi was trying to sneak his sci-fi book onto a bookstore shelf. Yeah, I was like, "There's me, representation of me." <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of timely after the whole writer's <laughs> yeah tell me about it oh man so funny um so so
So yeah, no, I really think Obi's character is kind of clever here because so this time slipping thing he's doing is, is quite interesting. And I do like how um, how Obi was saying like, you know, like, are you sure that it's like these are accidental? Because it seems like you're putting yourself in the right places to cre- like to capture the time aura. And they do a good job actually of, of it's kind of, you know, hearkening back to uh, the kind of the Marvel science explanations where it's like it may be it may be obviously on the side of bs but like they do it they did such a convincing job where it's like you know what i believe that that makes sense to me right and yes. uh, so that was really cool um hunter hunter b15 i think it was she was a doctor mm-hmm. uh and then we also so casey was alcatraz um who else are we missing we got mobius uh, sylvie was at her mcdonald's again sylvie was at her mcdonald's again i think that was it that's that's everybody that's and, and ob is writing books yeah ob is writing books um but it's kind of neat so it's and and it's a nice play also on uh back to the future in the sense that ob you know being in the tva and, and like this massive inventor and like writing the handbook you know, you, you revert him to before he, like, whatever he was, he was just a sci-fi writer who can see it all kind of thing, which is really neat. Um, so, yeah, but it was kind of interesting. But Mobius is a weird character. He's kind of, Mobius has got these two kids he seems to be very, very much caring for. I'm wondering, though, too, if that's like, a, there's a play there. If there's a play on something there, that is a comic book reference. I haven't found it yet, but I, I mean, he seems awfully, you know, caring for his kids, but his life doesn't seem all that fancy. No. And I was trying to, I forgot, I should have written them down. I was trying to see if the names of the kids were anything you might recognize. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, uh, I, I didn't get a chance to figure that out, mm-hmm. but I do like, uh, how this uh, again it, it reminded me of last i'm going to bring up last again just try and stop me um the the idea of everybody's aura is going to be brought together to help recreate the time slipping uh, that almost verbatim happened in the fifth season of lost i think where they were trying to get back to the island so to do that jack was trying to recreate the events of the flight by getting as many people as possible Onto uh, yes, the Sydney from LA that. flight, right? And yeah. he's like, "We we got to get as many of you on here as possible." And even the the guy who was going to originally fly the plane is now flying this plane, and he steps out and he sees all these people from the crash, and he's like, "Oh, this is this is not good." <laughs> uh, so they're they're really pulling from a lot of cool uh, everything that involves time travel in some way. They're pulling from, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the idea of getting the band back together is always a fun prospect. Um, but this this episode really it felt like the the same way that episode five did last season it felt like the calm before the storm it does yes so i'm very curious here and especially too because again what they're hinting at it seems like loki now can time slip to a certain point uh and it seems like he could rewrite certain things so I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know what that means. Like, and I, I still feel like no matter what Loki does, he's going to accidentally like recreate the TVA. Right. And what's interesting about it too, what's interesting about it too, is because when, uh, when, when they kill, he who remains in the first one and he gets sent back through the portal and he lands into the library and then Mobius and B15 don't know who he is. And he sees the statues different. 
I feel like he's going to end up in that place, but you'll now have more context into what is ha- what transpired for him to land in that moment. Ooh, I like that. I mean, that's good because that fills in some blanks. It, it connects some dots, that's for sure, right? So I'm curious. I'm curious if that's how it's going to play out. But again, there's still a lot of ground to cover. There's still a lot of ground. Like, why Victor Timely? Like, why? Like, why build him up for a full episode and do, like, the job they did to, to really build him up, only to have him mysteriously explode? And, like, I don't buy that it's just that irrelevant. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't buy it. A lot of people were saying, like, oh, this is their opportunity to recast him or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, it just doesn't seem – it seems so weird to just be like, oh, he exploded. Now we're going to recast him. Like there's no yeah. payoff there. There's no there's no emotional weight to that. And Renslayer, like she's dead yeah. too. So this reset kind of has to happen. Do you think Loki's gonna spend the entire final episode just singing? Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they're they need to reference that at some point <laughs> in the show. Um, but yeah, like even Obi, like Obi is a weird character, but I feel like mm-hmm. he's like he's such a central point of the TVA and they've established them that way. They've established them as like such a critical point in the TVA. So I'm very curious as to what's going on here. Like we had, so now like the TV, the other weird thing that's happening in this episode here is these timelines are breaking down, like with this weird spaghetti effect. And we have Sylvie who goes to like this record store to like, you know, hear a song uh, and have this moment of like, you know, just, Oh my God, you know, a song. And I, you know, it's funny. I, I, I know people like that. Like Isabella has moments like that where she has like the perfect song that she captures and it's like captures her mood like really well. But uh, yeah, it's, I, I'm really curious as to where, like where these breadcrumbs are going. Like where, what are you trying to tell me? There's something. And this is where, this is where it frustrates me with Kevin. It's like, Kevin's like, Oh, you don't see it. Like, you know, if I were to ask Kevin Foggy right now, he's like, oh, you don't see it? And he's a like, little stinker. That's what he know, is. He's such a troll when it comes to that kind of stuff. It's like, dude, I need something to work with. I'll tell you where one of these breadcrumbs is going, though. It's going straight to my heart. Because I, the, the record store scene has some of the most beautiful cinematography that the MCU has ever given us. Wow. Just her sitting, listening to that, the angles they used, and then the seeing everything unravel behind her and how that all like that was so well shot it was gorgeous i don't know um i didn't keep track of uh, the crew of this episode the director the dop but man they woo, that looked great mm-hmm. i don't it's so interesting to me like i don't know why we, like my wheels are spinning but like the problem is is i could get really all over the place with this because like Let's 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 say for the sake of argument that uh, you know everything's leading to Secret Wars, okay? Everything's leading there, and you have a character like the Beyonder who sits back from very far away, and and what if, uh, what if uh, you know he's like he you know he's like okay, what if I, you know I you know you have someone like Kang who can you know he's just. He's just someone who lives in the future. He lives so far ahead in the future, he can go back and try to manipulate time. But in the end, it's about the war of the good and evil. You know, old classic battle of good and evil, right? And the Beyonder, what if he, what if he was the one who decided um, 
uh, you know, let's create a test of good and evil, right? So he he does the the bang of the the infinity stones, right? And if if Kang is so far ahead in the future that you know he's, he's close to the end of time, which which is where a being like the Beyonder would be, that he's like, well, clearly the infinity stones don't mean anything to them at that point. But, you know, Beyonder's like, well, let's let's put it in a world where it does matter. Let's see what happens. Then you have the Infinity War, right? And who wins? The good guys win, of course, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, and then you have this whole battle of time. Like, well, how long does good stay good for? You know, like, how, like, leaving, like, that. I, I this is the part of my, like, theory that's kind of weak, but, like, is like how long does good stay good for you know how long how long do these actions play out for right and in the end it makes sense to b battle a being who can you know out outlast time itself and beat them to a point where in the end it becomes a secret war it's like all right well clearly you guys are the agents of good you've done nothing but good deeds this whole way through so now i'm going to pit you against the worst evils out there Right, and then you put in Doctor Doom, or you put in Galactus, and all the big ones, into one final battle, and then that's it, right? And that's the, that's a good, that's a kind of a nice overarching story that plays its thing. That's true, but one of the things that I've always been wary about ever since Kevin announced that Avengers Six was going to be Secret Wars was. To me, Secret Wars always felt like exactly what you and I don't know too much about it. Like I haven't read the comic. I just I'm oh, talking. It's, good. it's I'm really talking, good. I've, that's what I've heard. Yeah, I'm talking just from what I know about it from secondhand and from the Spider-Man show. But to me, Secret Wars has been what you've just described an an end to everything, like the the final battle, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I always imagine, and maybe this is just optimism slash naivety on my part, but I've always imagined we've got a whole other saga to look forward to after the multiverse saga. So it's, it, it's, it serves as a great final battle for the multiverse saga, but I, the secret wars as a story, as a, as an institution always seemed to me like it takes place at the end of everything. So if there's a whole other saga, what is the end of that? Right, and I mean that's we're going to be fifty by the time that happens. So, <laughs> but that, that's why that's just the only thing about the whole idea of Avengers Secret Wars that have made me kind of raise an eyebrow. Like, ooh, I hope uh, I hope it's amazing, but I hope it also leaves the door open for Saga Three, the mutants or whatever they end up calling it. Well, um, the one interesting thing about the Secret War comics, the new one, um, yeah, because there's a part two, right? Secret yeah. Wars two. There is a part two. I, I don't think I've read part two, but part one, the, the story starts with two planets that are different. One's a different universe. Mm. And it becomes a battle of which one is the definitive universe. Because just that's how life is, right? Like if they're now at this point, like they're very familiar with each other to a point where they're constantly crossing back and forth and all this stuff. And then Galactus comes and and that event uh there's like this big kind of big bang if you will and it knocks them into the world of the secret wars and then i'm kind of like paraphrasing a lot here we're like jumping straight to like right to the meat potatoes but like what's happening is is like there's a big bang 
And uh, what ends up happening is they get knocked into Secret Wars, the, the Secret Wars, and the Secret Wars is like that planet Doom is the ruler, Dr. Doom. And he actually right. does a pretty good job as, as a ruler. Like, he actually is really good. Um, but yeah, but in the end, there's a rebellion that's growing. And like, you know, they talk about how there's, you know, what there, that there was a better world and all this stuff. So that's, that's kind of where the story is at, which is interesting. Yeah, so that'll be fun to see how they adapt it. But it, I, as long as they leave room open for Saga 3, because my mm -hmm. heart is holding out for a Saga 3. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I personally think they, as long as they maintain a good, healthy pace and, and yes. you, know, you have some good showrunners, you know, now leading their shows properly and creating an overarching tone that is has continuity, then, yeah, we're all for it. Hopefully, yeah. They got their act together now, I hope. Um, and Loki says a thing about how he can rewrite the story. That's how he sort of leaves us off this week. He, he comes to that realization where he is the, the chosen one or whatever. He, he is the one who can stand there, Ryan, and be like, nope, I'm going to take this into my own hands. Uh, and he can, in his own words, rewrite the story. And all of a sudden, he's back at the end of episode four, hopefully before Victor and Ravona get killed so he can stop that from happening. Um, but what is this last episode going to look like? What is he going to rewrite? How far back is that going to go? I know you have the answers right in front of you. You have a cheat I sheet. I wish. Yeah. They gave you a cheat sheet and they said, don't tell anybody. Keep yeah. it in touch. Something like that. Something like that. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, they, oh my God. They, these shows still do a good job of just keeping you, just keeping you guessing, man. And, and I will be very disappointed if it just leads to a very mediocre ending. Like you, like this Loki, the Loki Disney Plus series has done a phenomenal job of like giving you something good to walk away with. Something like something almost. I actually no, it's kind of unfair to say, but something like like Infinity War, where you walk away with like, is this like, like you kind of have to really marinate with the consequences of what's happened. And yeah. and Loki has so far been like probably one of the only Disney Plus shows to really do that, aside from WandaVision. And and, yes. and even still, like Hawkeyes was good, but you just kind of you kind of left with just accepting things the way they are. Like and and they do it this like classic kind of Disney ending, which is just like, oh yeah, we're you know, Kate Bishop's here, we're family now. Yay. You wanna be hot? You want a name? Here, take mine. Like that's pretty much all you're left with. There's no and like the kingpin, like they do leave you thinking like he's dead. But if you're a comic book nerd, you you know how that story's going to play out. And why would they get rid of kingpin, right? But but Loki Loki's ending is a lot like Infinity War slash you know uh, Endgame, where it's like you are left with something. Like in in the first Loki, they did a great job. Like 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 oh shoot what does that what does that mean you know what i mean <laughs> like mm -hmm. but but that's a good feeling so i'm i i really hope this this uh this ending does that i would even say like werewolf by night also has a really good ending that makes you go okay where is this going right like what what is this character going to lead to but the problem is is that elsa bloodstone is like such a small character on on a spectrum of things where Man things the real the kind of the real big one because he's a nexus guardian, which means he can travel between multiverses and stuff. So um, right. that's interesting. That's an interesting player there as well. well. The 
one of the things that I love most about phase four, and depending who you ask, maybe a lot of people will say these are the things they hate the most about phase four, but one of the things I love the most is just how many films and movies, films and movies, films and shows have ended with that question you just asked, Ryan, with that question of what does this mean in the grand scheme of things? I, I feel like every one of them, maybe with the exception of Black Widow, because Black Widow ended a story. It was about putting a bow on Black Widow's story, even mm. though we know, you know, Taskmaster is still around and all that stuff. But well, pretty much everything else, like uh, Shang-Chi gave us the thing like, what does this mean? What are these bracelets? What are they calling? What's the Ten Rings? Eternals, what does this mean? Are the Eternals coming back? When, how? What's the deal with the guy in the water now? Where's Galactus, right? The, so many of these projects uh, have uh, set things in motion uh, in a very curious way, even if it's something as simple as Spider-Man's got a new suit. What's this going to mean now? What, what's going to happen? He's on his own. He's he's in full Spider-Man mode. Um, and the vast majority of those consequences of those endings haven't been seen yet with the exception of the ending of WandaVision because now we know how Scarlet Witch ended up. Right? Yeah. So uh, what I love about phase four is all of those uh, changing points, all of those little moments of just like, oh, Black Knight, he's got this sword now. What, what, where's that going? What's Man-Thing going to do? the council of Kangs being my favorite one, like where let's see them please. Right. So I love all of these breadcrumbs and now I'm just phase five and six should be about following through on those. Yeah. So I'm hoping this is my hope for the finale, Ryan. And then I'll, I'll, you can, you can tell us yours. I hope that the finale, if it wants to leave another breadcrumb, sure. But I hope it's, satisfies one of the ones that have already been left somewhere because there's a lot of those dangling right now. Mm-hmm. I'm at, what I'm going to be asking for is a lot. And I <laughs> am well aware of that. Every character looks exactly like you and has your name and is played by you. <laughs> exactly. I'm that main. Uh, <laughs> um, what I'm asking for is, is a lot like a memento. That's what I'm asking for in the sense of there are a lot of unanswered questions, but this one will help give you a lot. Like this, the ending of this show will give you so much perspective. You'll have like to a point where it's like, it's, it's a murder. It's like a lot like a murder mystery. All the answers are right in front of you, but in the end, it takes up until the end to be like, okay, this is how, you know, this is how it all came together. And, you know, that's what I'm feeling like this, this phase needs is like that moment of like, this is how it's all coming together. And this, and then this is where it's going. Right. So now, you know, how they were murdered. Now you need to know who's the murderer. Right. So, or sorry, now you need to go after the murderer. So that's, that's where I kind of need this story to go right now is, and, and to be, to be fair to our listeners out there, like I, I'm aware that that may not happen, but that's what I feel like should happen is because we've had, and I love that you brought up Song Song Chi um, because I love that point of like, 
this like they mentioned that this technology is old it's been around a while and we haven't even we haven't even caught a glimpse of what that's supposed to mean yet like what does that mean so we need that and like moon knight like you know like there's so many pieces here that like we need to start building what the puzzle should start looking like to a point where it's like we need to start like getting some momentum here so I really feel like the show needs to do that. And then, you know, with that happening, especially with the Marvels coming out, like it needs to set that up. And then like, and bringing, bringing our very episode to full circle here. It's like, like does the answers of Loki, does it help towards wherever what's going on in the Marvels? Right. Right. I, this sounds like i feel like i agree with you here because it sounds like what we need and what we both want season one of loki ended with huh right in a good way not in a that was dumb but like in a huh season two should end with a oh right to just simplify it at its most base level um I yeah, I agree, man. Like, but it's so fifty-fifty. It. it is so it is. like I I totally applaud that that exactly that's what you got to like you know what I mean like that's what you're that's what we're getting at is the first one left you with what just happened, and then and then this one answers that like oh okay and it's like well now we need to know like how this is gonna play out right right um but yeah like it, I think we're way past the point now where it's like everything's its own separate arc right like yeah like the marvels if marvels doesn't tap into anything that had to do with secret invasion then and you know what i'll i'll throw an asterisk on that if it doesn't tap into anything that has to do with secret invasion fine but tap into something else because at least secret invasion is like i i think it's not a blanket statement to say it's probably everybody's least favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're if you're going to ignore something, yeah, you can just go ahead and ignore secret invasion, right? But that's but, my point, though. It needs to. We need to start like making some. We can't. We keep branch. We literally like the show. We keep branching yes. off, and we need to stay on the timeline. You're right. We need to stay on target, as Red Leader said. Absolutely. Um, and the Marvels already feels, just from what we've seen of it and heard about it, already feels like it's going to be its own self-contained adventure. So it would be nice if at some point it does something that makes us go, oh, man, so that's what Agatha's going to be about, right? Or, right. or whatever. Um, let's play a game here to wrap things up. The Kang Dynasty movie, when is that supposed to come out? Oh, man, Kang Dynasty. Well, they've been playing playing with the dates a lot I know, uh, yeah. let me let me quickly grab the answer here sure i don't even think anything has a solid release date anymore yeah it's it uh it was supposed okay it's supposed to arrive on may 1st 2026 that's the tentative release date right now may 1st 2026 that it was originally 2025 okay so we are for now, for argument's sake, we're two and a half years away from the Kang dynasty. So it's far out enough to say the ending of this season of Loki is not going to be a direct 
arrow pointing at Kang Dynasty, right? We still have a ways to go to get there. Right. So the game we'll play is, do you, what do you think, Ryan, if there's one project, one MCU project that this finale is going to point at and say, that's the next step on this journey, is it a Loki season three or is it something else? And what would that be? Personally, me, I think it should be a Loki season three because, and the only reason is, is because it actually is building the the phase. Like it's building the the multiverse saga. It, it's actually like probably one of the, if not the foundations of the entire saga. Um, and so I do think it should because, because it needs to, if this, this is technically, if this season plays out as well as I think it will, it will be the Empire Strikes Back of of the the multiverse saga, right? And to a point where you know um, when we get down the road, then we got the the Return of the Jedi, you know, kind of moment coming. Mm-hmm. So 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 with that being said, that's why I think it needs to be. But if it isn't, what do I think would be the next logical step? Is has to be. Ah uh, oh, man, technically it would have to, it would it would have to be Captain Marvel. Really? Okay. It would have to be because because uh, the only reason why I think that is because technically she is so far out there that she's got to have answers. Something's got to be going on out there in order to make any sense of what's going on we're like on planet earth it has right. to because the eternals is the same story same story was is that you know they had the eternals uh you know out there out in space so if the answers aren't on earth this despite song chi having the the 10 rings um then it has to be captain marvel she has to she has to have seen something there's she's got to run into a being of some kind something has to come from her story and especially too, like why it would it would it would redeem her if it, if that is true, because then the whole like, oh, I'm too busy. I may not come back. All these <laughs> stories of her being like completely unavailable. Right. Like uh, and I love DC fans that that totally like hate on Captain Marvel because they're like, yo, Superman has dealt with problems before, but he even makes time to like come back and like do something about it. She's too, she's too busy. So if that's the case, in order to redeem her story, she would have to have seen an event or has seen a sequence of events, a lot like a murder mystery, that is leading up to like, I need to figure this out before I come back because this could be bad. And that yeah. would make complete sense. That would literally fix a, a, a very... Uh, a very what's the word I'm looking for? A very uh, unrefined character, a very a character that's very raw, doesn't quite have a, a full story built yet. You know what I mean? And it would make complete sense because now she's this like literally this champion of of space that you know discovers something that's way beyond her. <laughs> as you did there um, <laughs> i can get behind that especially because i mean her first movie was so self-contained and you know it was a period piece origin story and this sequel looks self-contained who knows what's actually gonna happen but this whole thing with darben leading those kree whatever that just feels so 
mm-hmm. tangential to the big picture. So it would be nice if something in that movie brought it back to the multiverse story. Um, I didn't know which way my heart leaned when I asked you the question, but hearing you say Loki season three would be the best bet, I think I'm I'm going to agree with you, but I'm going to put my own greedy fanboy caveat on that, Ryan. Do it. Do it. Give because it. Sprinkle it in, bro. If, if this leads into Loki season three, if that's the next step on this journey, cool. But the the togetherness of the MCU has, let's face it, not played a huge factor in Loki, the show so far. And I think if, if a season three is coming, if that's what we're leading to, it's got to start. So I, I'm just, I'm just going to pull names out of my head here. This might make no sense, but it gives you the idea of what I'm thinking here. Like if there is a Loki season three, I mean, get, Scott Lang and Reed Richards in the TVA hanging out with them and like figuring shit out, like make that connectiveness a part of the show because the show's events are leading to big connected events. But so far the show is literally happening outside time and space. So get everybody else, you know, find some way to come out into the real world and say like Bruce Banner, Hey, did you know there's this place outside time and space and Kang is there? Like, get and i think somebody like scott lang or hank pym would be a great choice uh or even now because we have we have um uh janet and and janet knows her her stuff she knows the quantum realm right so like somebody like that would be great to call and say like can you come here to this weird world where owen wilson runs around in a suit because like there's some bad stuff happening and maybe you can help us figure this out uh, take it from just Loki being on his own amongst the TVA world and make it an MCU show. Okay. Okay. Does that does that make any kind of sense? Am I am I making my my myself sound right? <laughs> or am I? No, I mean it's again it's it's a great theory as well. I I, I would like to see that play out myself. I don't know. I just I. I don't know. I don't know. It, uh, I mean, I like it. I, there's stuff I can work with there, but I don't know. I don't know. Well, it, we only it, have the only problem with both our theories, though, is it puts way too much emphasis on Loki. On Loki, the character, or Loki, the show. Both. both. Okay. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, in the end, he's he's driving the narrative, and that's that should not be the case. The the like Kang should be driving the narrative. Yes, he should. He really should. So that's why I think it's either and like both of these things could happen, but either start getting some other MCU heroes like Wong, get Wong in the TVA and get them to try to pool together and figure out what's going on, or have Kang start showing up everywhere else. It's true. That I do that I do agree with. I think that they need to put more players in the TVA, but the question is, you're right, especially with like getting Scott Pym or, or just Scott Pym, <sighs> Scott Lang and uh, Hank Pym up there and all that stuff. True. Um, but at the same time, I think the key players you need is Banner and Pym. Those are the two biggest characters you need to get any sort of groundwork to perpetuate the story forward. And the reason why I say that is because Banner was around Song Chi with the, the rings. 
right? Well, right. technically Wong has them, uh, but Wong has them. But my point is, is like Banner's the one with the the knowledge, and so and so it is Pym because Pym is uh, very familiar with the quantum realm. So, so yeah, but the but how do you get them there is the biggest the biggest question, and I don't see characters like Loki just being like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna bring in Banner because I feel like because this Loki doesn't doesn't know that Banner, he doesn't know right. that that Banner's that good. You know what I mean? Because that that Loki is very very dead, very dead. Yeah. Um, but Pym too, like Pym's the only one who can accidentally get there. But they still don't have the background or knowledge to get close enough to it. No, it would have to be something like the characters in the show would have to figure out, okay, how did Renslayer grab all these people and yeah. bring them to the TVA, right? Because that was her and Miss Minutes who did that. So they would have to figure that out. And then once they figure it out, then Mobius can be like, do you know anybody who knows about this stuff who can help us and then Loki would be like well I know this jerk who turned green and slapped me around but he could mm -hmm. probably be of help uh, uh, even um, uh, what's his name Bill Foster mm -hmm. Goliath he could probably help he knows his way around science he does so, too there, there are some key players but the problem is we have no one literally no one who can literally cross the gap and, and get people into the TVA yeah like, unless Mobius is some mega genius in terms of, like, looking at the different worlds and then, like, have a file on different people that would would be a good fit for it. But that's my point, is we have no... We do have one. Total sleeper, too. Should have thought of this one. America Chavez. She's the Yes, only, man! Yes! She's the only one who could do it. She's the only one who can make multiverse jumps. And we we're about to go. This is we haven't seen her in like what two and a half years. Like, where is she? Again, that's another another beautiful breadcrumb that it's like, okay, what does this mean? Now we have this the show we can do. She these literally at the end figured out how to do time jumps. Yes. Like, or not time jumps. Uh she literally figured out how to do jumps. So so she can do it, but now we need to motivate her to get her get them there. So yes. how do I mean the only way the only way that makes sense. Oh my god, such a long shot. <laughs> do it, Ryan. Do it. Oh my god. I'm right there with you, buddy. Take the shot. Be like Cyclops at the end of X-Men. Um, I have the shot. I'm taking it. <laughs> something, something. Uh, and it's a big something needs to happen that involves America jumping to a timeline and watching it fall apart and it has to be an important timeline so it either has to be her like home world or something that she's seen like some some place that she likes to go to right or different places she's go to she sees pieces crumbling then by doing that that would have to get her to talk to banner and they need to figure out you know how to they need to figure out how this is happening and why. And then somehow needs to they need to motivate her to find a center point of time and thus making the jump. But dude, that still that's why your theory I like it, but it it, it the the gaps to get there are so big. They're so incredibly big. And and the and the craziest thing is the only character that we could figure out to do it 
is an underrated character from an underrated movie and and having to make that jump and trying to fill the story gaps to get her there is is quite the leap but i'm glad you took your shot cyclops because that is brilliant um i'm that all my money is on that pony now america chavez is going to be the key to helping figure this mess out and it makes it makes perfect sense because that really that really uses um the multiverse of madness as a launch pad to connect the entire multiverse saga which is perfect like that is that is legit genius but uh, my point still stands is like to get those things to connect dude it's gonna take some real good writing and and to get the audience there like the people in the back of the theater you're really gonna have to really do some things to get them there well i have faith I, and who knows? That's all, that's all I have to say. I have faith. That's it. It's, we're we're operating under the assumption that a Loki season three would even take place in the TVA. What if it ends with him coming back to the real world and he's got to get back? And that's what season three is about. That's Go awesome. back. Help Mobius. Mobius is stuck there. All your friends are stuck there now. This episode, season five, had this beautiful moment. Season five. Episode five had this beautiful moment in this bar where we see Loki at his most human heroic point where he asks Sylvie, if all my friends are gone, what am I? Right? Who am I without my friends? He has built a new identity for himself where he is a person with friends that he's never had before. You take that world and those friends away from him and you stick him back in the real world where he's hated by everybody because as far as they remember, he's just an evil mischief villain. Season three could be like, man, I really got to get back there, but Lady Sif keeps kicking my ass because she thinks I'm a jerk. I got to go find people who know how this stuff works. And that's your third season. It's, it's, it is a work of art, but man, there's a lot to cover. There's a lot of ground to cover. I do like it though. I like, I like that on this show, we have, we have a, we have a character that we're betting heavy money on that I think no one else even is paying attention to. I don't think anyone's paying attention to this character. I think she's going to she's gonna really surprise them. No, it, it's true. She is a big key new member of the MCU that we haven't heard boo about her since then. And it's not like it's a character who it's like, oh, we got to wait till Doctor Strange 3 because she's not there to be part of the Doctor Strange cast, right? Uh, she, that, she, that was just a team up. Um, She's coming somewhere else, and what a perfect place to put her. Doctor Strange 3 is going to be its own thing. He's got Clea now. He's going to go to the Dark Dimension and all that fun mm -hmm. stuff. There's another breadcrumb I'm waiting for. Uh, but America's got to go somewhere. This is, this is I'm, I'm putting my money on it, Cyclops. You convinced me. Oh, man, it's, it's good. It's really good. It's actually even got me excited to watch that movie now, but, like, that's, that's, a, lot of, that's a lot to jump, dude. That's a, that's a lot. It's a lot. That actor is young. Use her. You have many years of her playing America. Start but she fits. She fits the narrative. That's yeah. she, she is the perfect person to bridge everything, and and she's still stuck on the sidelines right now. Like like that's the thing. You have all these brilliant characters now who are all stuck on the sidelines because you can't you can't get the Kang momentum going right now. Loki, the Loki show is the biggest one. But your key player, 
is uh, like this character that's off to the side in a very isolated event. Yeah. It's uh, well, we only have to wait another five days to find out. I'm going to put myself into a coma till then. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, do you have any last words or things you want to say or want to tell people where they can find you or all that jazz? Uh, yeah, no, uh, make sure to set your clocks back an hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, no, I uh, just, uh, stay tuned everybody. I mean, I think, I think Marvel's cleaning up right now. They're, they're getting the right people in the right places. I, all I ask is you just gotta, gotta keep trusting them. They, they have, they set the bar really high, but I think they can, they can turn this around and really do some cool stuff. So, you know, here's hoping. And, uh, you know what, like I said, we, we may never predict it, but it's fun to think about it. So we'll see where the where the pieces fall. And uh, and as always, our show will continue on to tell the story of how we're getting to wherever this is going. To infinity and beyond, buddy. Hell yeah! What are the <laughs> odds that a show with Miss Minutes in it is coming to an end on the same week we set back the clocks? That's that so was on true. purpose. <laughs> That's so true. That is so funny. Uh, where can people find you, Mr. Ryan? As of right now, you can always find me on youtube.com forward slash expert zone. That is where that is where I make the monies. And if you support me on that channel, that's how you can help me keep the monies. Uh, and uh, you can find me right now. Currently on Instagram is probably the place you'll find me right now. I'm, I'm trying to pay attention to X every once in a while. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, right. It's just not. <laughs> I don't know how much longer I'm going to be on that platform. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not looking good. No. Um, but yeah, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Ryan J. Whitehead. I heard when Marvel gets around to doing the negative zone, they're just going to film it in Twitter. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, you're, you're definitely on the bandwagon then. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on uh, on the negative zone and on Instagram at Andrew underscore Fantasia or something. Yeah, it's my name somewhere. You'll see me. Uh, you can also find me on Amazon selling my books. We Were Wizards, my fantasy books. That's the first one. It's purple and it's got a big sapphire on it. What's the story with that sapphire? Well, it's in here. You got to read it and find out. You can also find me right now reading a book uh, that's very topical. is MCU, The Reign of the Marvel Studios, which is, has been a wonderful, entertaining read. A great look behind the scenes. Um, you learn a lot about these people making these movies and uh, not all of them are great. And it took some, uh, it took a lot of uh, maneuvering to get the not great people out of the way to, to do what you needed to do. Uh, beautiful stuff in there, though. Very candid. I love it. But we have a week to go. You'll see us for the finale. You'll also see us for the Marvels. Um, so stay tuned for all of those. Until then, everybody, please have a marvelous day.